What do I change my oh, the timer ends? Here we go. Nah. I almost want to, like a ding. Oh, this one's sweet. <laughs> this one wakes you up and caresses <laughs> your face like, Good morning, sweet prince. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast. We do our three favorite things, talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. Ian the Tall Guy, back with you again for yet another podcast. And boy, oh boy, it's the NBA season coming up. Oh, so close. I can just feel it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, it's so I can close. almost taste it. I can almost taste it. We are in the, the part of the year where everyone can still win the championship Everyone is still optimistic. You're just looking for every little nugget of information you can out of the training camps and out of media day, which just happened. It's a great time because no one is sad yet. Yeah, it's it's it really is a great time. Media day, like Mitch said, just happened. So a lot of teams, a lot of fans are frantically going through, you know, media day interviews and trying to find little bits of information about what their team could look like on the court. Um, And we're about a little over right around that three week mark away from the NBA season. Yeah, and uh, it could not come soon enough. I'll, I'll be honest, football has been filling me a little bit. My sport, my sports like gas tank has to be filled at any given point. It gets real low during like that summer period where it's just baseball. Football has been filling me up a little bit, but I am going to be at max capacity as soon as basketball actually gets going. Even preseason, I'm going to be excited yeah, for. Full throttle. We are preseason is fast approaching training camps are kicking off and like i said the nba season really starts in about three weeks which will be super super exciting and, and like mitch said earlier fans are just optimistic no one's had their heart broken yet no everybody can win the nba finals as of today it is a wide open field at least you know pistons fans love to think so yeah but Pistons fans rockets fans anyone can win the championship right now but today we are doing our preseason power rankings the team morale podcast preseason power rankings things could change yes you know we'll put that disclaimer out there trades could still happen injuries could still happen and you know teams might overperform underperform but going into the season this is the the power rankings that the tall guy and i put together the team morale preseason pre training camp Power rankings. The pre-pre-power rankings. The post-off-season power rankings? The pre-pre-post-power rankings. Pre-pre-post power ranking. Wow. The PPPPP. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into all of that, I think we should talk about what we're drinking today. For all you YouTube listeners, I'm holding the label up to the camera. Today, it is Redemption High Rise Single Barrel Select Bourbon coming from the producer distiller MGP of Indiana. So this is another one of those fun ones that Ethan gets in the mail every, you know, once a month. So it's a fancy bottle. It'd be a bougie one. It'd be a bougie one. All right. So um, the brand owner is Dutch family wine and spirits. It is a straight bourbon whiskey um, and they are located in Indiana, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. This might be our first Indiana podcast or Indiana um, whiskey that we've had on the podcast. What this might it? be the first time we've ever talked about Indiana. Have we ever talked about the Pacers before? Do they exist? <laughs> is Indiana a state? Is it real? I don't know. It's like that Wyoming there, there, thing. There, like Wyoming isn't real. There's a meme going around that Connecticut isn't real either. Oh, I love I've never that. been to Connecticut. Have you? <laughs> I have been. I actually, Are you sure? I actually have. I don't been think to, you have. Maybe I was somewhere else. Yeah. They're just telling they me it was Connecticut. Off in like Wyoming and it's like, ah, oh, it's Connecticut. <laughs> But my favorite part about these things from uh, Ethan's little mailbox booze that we get is they actually just tell me the story right here as opposed to me having to Google it. 
So here we go. Here's the story. A big part of Redemption's mission is to restore rye whiskeys back to what it believes is as is its rightful place as the number one spirit in America, just like it was in the 1700s and the 1800s. Eager to lead this effort and promote the recent upswing in rye's popularity, Redemption began their single barrel program using the finest barrels that were hand-selected by master blender Dave Carpenter with a mash bill of 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% barley. It's 105 proof. Dang. That is that is pretty cool. And uh, we talked about it on an earlier podcast Wow, talked about on an earlier podcast being a master brewer, but what what was the word they used there? Oh, um, the ma- master blender. Master blender. What's what's higher ranking, the master brewer or the master blender? I think the master blender is like the guy who like comes up with the mash bill, not necessarily the flavors, but like the like. Okay, we're gonna use this much corn. We're gonna use this much rye, but like the brewmaster just does all everything for the beers. I'm picturing like a a graduation, and you know how they like <laughs> all walk out in like funny robes and they announce them it's like. Your brewmaster, Mitchell Davis. And here he comes in like a big weird robe thing. And yeah, he's holding I, get a to like, I get to move my little tassel from one side <laughs> to the next. I went from blender master here to brewmaster. Your blender master. That was good. That's a good voice. You could do that for a living. <laughs> you should talk for a living. <laughs> it's almost like I do. Okay, so another little nugget that I wanted to throw in there that I, I did do some Googling on them. Um, Redemption Whiskey, according to the lore spun by its founders, was created serendipitously when... Uh, Scheimer and Canbars, the owners there, uncovered a cache of rye whiskey barrels they believed to be the perfect expression of this classic American spirit. It is today made in the infamous MGP Distillery, Indiana. So they actually started doing this type of whiskey because they like found a bunch of old barrels and they're like, you know what? Let's just do this. Man, why can't I just stumble on something cool like that? I know. I would love to just like stumble upon a million dollars in the streets. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, look at that. This is going to go into the infamous Mitchell Davis's wallet. <laughs> the brewmaster. <laughs> the brew, the blendmaster, Mitchell Davis. All right. So we're going to talk about these power rankings, but we're going to do it a little bit differently today because as you loyal listeners always seem to know, we always go long here on the Team Morale Podcast. A little bit. And today we are determined to not go on tangents and to not go long. That being said, I'm sure we've already been on a couple tangents. And we're already long. We're already long. We're already long. That being said, we're going to do a little bit of a uh, a speed round in these uh, power rankings. I, on my phone here, have a timer going for a minute and 30 seconds. That is how long we have to talk about each team. At the end of the timer, you will hear this sound, which will signify that we're done. <laughs> the old boing sound. Love that so for us. So when the boing starts... We have to move on to our next team. Very PTI-like today. Yes. So we are going to rip through our 30 teams in hopefully about 45 minutes if the timer works out. And then we will wrap this up and put a nice little bow on it and be done in under an hour. That's the goal here. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to start the timer. And Mitch, why don't you announce our first team? All right. So coming in at number 30 on the Team Morale Power Rankings, dead last place. It was a a tough heat, a lot of teams, but we went with the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder come in at the 30th team, the worst team in the NBA. Um, it was actually a little bit difficult because when we were making this list, it was almost as if the, the NBA has gotten better. It was like, damn, all these teams aren't just garbage. Yeah, like the Thunder's not that bad of a team. Here is what their starting lineup probably will look like. Shea Gilgis, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams, Darius Baisley, Derek Favors. Then you got guys like Poku, DJ Wilson they picked up in the offseason, 
Um, Trey Mann, Theo Maladon played really well down the stretch, and then their high first-round pick, Josh Giddy. So they got a lot of really young guys and Derek Favors on this team, which is kind of like a weird vibe. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit strange. Um, Derek Favors doesn't really fit. I don't. I didn't love their pick of Josh Giddy, so it'll be a little interesting to see how this team comes out. That being said, they still have Shea Gilders Alexander. Yeah, which is why it's it, last year. The Thunder were actually overperforming. They were like getting close to like bubble or like the uh, play in contention area. And then the Thunder were basically like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing now. And then shut everybody down and then specifically shut SGA down. And we're like, we're just going to write it out with all these other scrubs. And that's why they started tanking at the very end. But this team was a team that was kind of competing for one of those play in spots. Yeah, they, they weren't bad. No, it was kind of surprising not until how, they benched the SJ. Yeah, and and then you know they they did everything good. That being said, all oh, right, wow, this goes quick. All right, there all it right. is. Moving on to our next team on the team morale power rankings, the PPPPP. Uh, we have the Orlando Magic coming in at number twenty nine. All right, the Orlando Magic. So they are a team that love their guards, isn't that right, Ethan? Yeah, they, they are a very guard heavy team. Just to read off a few of their guards, they have Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and RJ Hampton. So three really young guards, and then Markel Fultz is still not that old, and so he's still you know got some some growing left to do. So they have four like highly drafted, very uh, highly touted young guards, and then they have you know Terrence Ross, who's more of a wing. You have um um. Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba to fill out your big man, you know, your front court. And then they still have Jonathan Isaac. You know what my favorite part about this team is, is they have the the Wagner brothers. They got Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner. Oh, I, I didn't even realize that. They do have both Wagners. Yeah, the Wagner brothers. And they got Robin Lopez. That is wild. That is crazy. Robin Lopez may have had the uh, the quote of uh, Media Day by saying uh, he doesn't know if the Bucks actually won the championship. He's going to have to do his research on it. Yeah, he's gonna. He's like, I don't know. I didn't watch it myself. We'll see. He's like, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I don't know if if, if uh, Brooke actually got a championship. Um, but this team again, not a bad team. They still have good players like Gary Harris, Michael Carter Williams can still contribute. I mean, Jalen Suggs is, in my opinion, the steal of the draft when they got him at number five. That was a that was a very good pick for them. And then you know, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, Chuma Okiki are still you know some good some good young centers. Um, that this team is just young and just needs time to grow. In my opinion, they live and die by Jonathan Isaac. If Jonathan Isaac can actually be a healthy basketball player, he's potential DPOY, potentially the best player on this team. If he continues to have injury problems, the Magic will have problems. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because it, him starting and going back into that small forward role, that small forward power forward role, really allows this team to kind of grow because that moves Terrence Ross to that six-man role where he's so deadly and has been for years. Mm -hmm. um, you allow him and Wendell Carter Jr. to be super long and good defensively. And then you have some good guards. The, the question with this team is, do they have enough shooting? I have a question for you along with that question. If Of the four young guys, which two do you start? Ooh. I would probably go with starting. I mean, Jalen Suggs has to start. Jalen Suggs is 100% a starter in my eyes. I mean, yep. you drafted him number five overall for a reason. And there's the timer. So I'm going to quickly say RJ Hampton and then move on. Boom. There we go. All right. Moving on to our next team. All right. Our next team is a team that's been pretty good in the past, but is just starting their recent ascent into tankism. And that is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets obviously last year traded James Harden and got a whole bunch of garbage and dirty laundry for it. 
Um, they are going to be running out a team that looks something along the lines of they said that Kevin Porter might be playing point guard because John Wall is said that he is not going to be playing this year until he gets traded, which was a, a mutual thing between him and the Rockets. No issues there. But uh, Kevin Porter Jr., potentially Don, uh, DJ Augustine, maybe Eric Gordon starts. Oh, no, Jalen Green definitely will start. So Kevin Porter, Jalen Green. Let's see, who else do they have on this team? Not a lot. Not a lot. Jay Sean Tate will probably start. And Christian Wood. And then Christian Wood at power forward. And then either Daniel Tice or Alperin Sengun at center. This is just a random team. Just yeah. a lot of weird pieces. Yeah, it's very eclectic and it's very um, young. It, it's a weird mixture of like Christian Wood, I would see right now is kind of entering his prime. John Wall, obviously on the back end of his prime. You have Eric Gordon, who's still there, who's, you know, way past his prime. But then you've got, you know, Alperin Sengun and Jalen Green, who are rookies who are just coming in and are, I mean, both, I think we had very high in our potential um, rookie of the year. Yeah. Categories. When we did. Yeah. When we were talking about the, uh, the best odds to win all of the, all of the awards, um, Sengun, Jalen Green was obviously top two and then Sengun was top 10. So you got two top 10 rookies of the potentially of the class. Wow, that one went much Dude, faster. This clock goes quick. Yeah, I felt the magic one went way slower this, than that. This clock goes quick. All right. All right, let's move on to our next team, which will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have coming in at number 27 um, in our power rankings, which is a very um, oddly built team, to put it nicely. They love they big men. They have so many freaking centers, man. Between Kevin Love, Lowry Markinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, those are four centers that kind of need to play. Quick shout out, RJ Nemhard made this team. RJ Nemhard, former TC, TCU. Former TCU. Anyways, yes, you're right. They've got a ton of point guards and they've got a ton of big men. And it's like, what are you actually doing with this? Some people are saying that Evan Mobley might be their small forward. Maybe you start Mark, Jared Allen and Markinen and then Mobley also. Then what are you doing with Kevin Love? Do what are you, you doing with Isaac Okoro? What are you doing with Okoro? What are you doing with Rubio? You got Denzel Valentine. You've got only like one or two shooters on this team between Darius Garland and Dylan Windler. Like this is a very, very weirdly built team. Yeah, it's very weird. And it's kind of funny saying they have so many people they have to start and they're terrible. Yeah, exactly. All these guys, yet they're terrible. But um, they're bad. They need to do some roster reconstruction. I feel like they're in 2K mode where it's just like, let's just get all the assets we can. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN, which has their depth chart right now. And right right now is their third string small four. They have Lowry Markinen listed. Oh, wow. Which can't be great. That is not great. But right now, that, that according to ESPN, their starting five looks like Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, and Jared Allen with a bench of Rubio, Steady Osman, Denzel Valentine, um, Lowry Markinen, and Evan Mobley. I, I don't hate it, yet it's just so clunky. It is. It. I mean, a lot of it depends on can Mobley actually like play a three? Like, is that possible for Mobley to play a three? Because we As thought he was a footer, center. That's tough. Because we thought he was a center. This this clock is really moving. It's keeping us it's keeping us uh, honest here. Okay, the next one that we're going to go to, uh, Cavs were at twenty seven. Now we're at twenty six, and we're going to go to the number one pick in the draft, and that is the Detroit Pistons. All right, Detroit basketball. Okay, so here we've got a starting lineup that will probably look something along the lines of Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and then. Isaiah Stewart is the lead is looking like he'll probably start. It could be Kelly Olenek, or I personally think that Luca Garza is going to have, is going to play really, really well for this team. He's looked good so far in, in, you know, workouts and everything. I've, I've heard he, they've been pleasantly surprised with his progress. Uh, his big thing was he had to drop some weight and become a little bit more mobile. And apparently he's 
drop some weight. I think he still has some some more to go. But yes, he he is a he could sneakily be a very good player. Yeah, I mean, so they originally gave him a two way contract. He was a second round draft pick, and then they update they upped that to a non guaranteed three year contract, which to me says a lot because that's like that's a guy that you're thinking that might be around for a long time. So the starting center is going to be a little interesting on this team. Yeah, it's 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 up for grabs. Um, the uh, the Pistons are just kind of in this weird spot where it's like we don't need to win; we just need to develop and kind of just get get gain more assets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about winning basketball games this year. It's about you know developing Cade, developing uh, Killian Hayes, developing Luca Garza. Um, yep. their their other center. Um, they call him Isaiah pork, Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. They call him Pork Chops. Pork Chop. Yeah, he's a he's big a thick old thickums. Um, but uh, yeah, he's they're just in in development mode and gaining assets to uh to try to you know get more talent i would agree they're definitely in development mode i think that you're running out there this year in hopes that you can win as many games as possible like Dwayne casey's a good head basketball coach you want to see if you can start getting a, a culture of winning going again like you don't want to be the last pick like you don't want to be the last team you don't want to be the last or the first pick in the draft but if you could be a top if you could be in the top 10 yes there we go Boing, boing, boing. Boing, boing, boing. We move on to our next team, which is probably our biggest surprise so far of this uh, power rankings. This is our our, our first major dropper um, so far, which would be we have the San Antonio Spurs coming in at number 25. Yeah, the Spurs, man. They, they are a team that is loaded with good young talent, um, but has kind of got to figure it out. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, losing your leader, you know, your best stat getter in DeMar DeRozan and honestly probably your best playmaker as long as well as your best scorer is is tough without replacing him their starting five looks like DeJounte Murray Derek White Doug McDermott Keldon Johnson and Jakob Pertl it's kind of like the worst starting five the Spurs have had in a long time it definitely is I mean when you lose DeMar and you lost LaMarcus early last season you, uh, they lost a lot of the older guys that came with it, like their Patty Mills and like their vets that have been there for a long time. They're officially going for the the youth movement. I mean, you still got Devin Vassell, you got Derek White, Quindary Weatherspoon, Kita Bates Diop, you got Zach Collins to seeing if he actually can be uh, good and healthy or not. Jock Landale played really well for Australia in the uh, Olympics. So you got a lot of good young guys, but you're trying to figure out. What do we look like going forward? They're still in the roster reconstruction phase, in my opinion. Yeah, and they've got some clunky vets on this team, too, with Thaddeus Young, Al Farouk Aminu, Doug McDermott, McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. Um, They also don't have a backup center, even a little bit. Drew Eubanks is who they have listed as their backup center. Thaddeus Young might be able to play some small ball five, but they're running into the same problem they had last year, which backup bigs just destroyed them. Yes, backup bigs absolutely killed them. They, I mean, they got Pertl. And then my guess is that Zach will probably be their backup center. I hope that Zach can play well. He's still going to be out for the first part of the season. Zach with Zach foot. Collins. Zach Collins. Sorry, he hasn't call- played in a long time. He's a former Blazer, but yep. he has not, you know, been on a basketball court in I think around two years. Last time he was playing basketball was in the conference finals, basically. When the Blazers were in the conference. When the Blazers finals. were in the conference finals. All right. Before we move on to our next team here, let's take a minute and kind of just run down this list to this point. So right now we have the Thunder at thirty. The Magic at 29, the Rockets at 28, the Cavs at 27, the Pistons at 26, and the Spurs at 25. Those are our bottom, you know, six teams in the NBA so far. All right. Now, here we are at number 24. My favorite number, by the way, 24 club. Because um, you love Kobe Bryant? Oh, because we love my birthday. Oh. Um, Kobe is all right, I guess. 
uh, the Timberwolves, they are starting out with a team that will probably have – who's their point guard? You think D'Lo starts a point guard? You think that they actually start uh, good old Pat Bev? <laughs> I think D'Lo starts. Okay. Pat Bev isn't good enough to be on the basketball All right, so court. Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, potentially Josh Okogie, maybe Torian Prince – maybe Jared Vanderbilt, and then the other surefire starter is Carl Anthony Towns. So what I'm hearing is you have D'Lo, you have Cat, you have Anthony Edwards, and then everyone else is kind of up in the air. Yes. I think that Malik Beasley is probably the other surefire starter on that team right now. But we need to say this is a team that is very, very hot and in the race for one Ben Simmons, which could change this team quite a lot. Yeah, that would over like overhaul this whole roster. It would almost inject a little bit of life into what has been kind of a a dead team so far in terms of just they've kind of been very stagnant mm-hmm. ben simmons would really inject some life into this team They're, they've always had questions around carl anthony towns in terms of his like wanting to win this so that's always interesting so it'd be very um very interesting to see where this team ends up yeah and as i look at this roster I, it it's the exact same problem that they've had for a very long time they've always had solid basketball players on this timberwolves team but they have never really had a bench your bench is looking like Jordan McLaughlin, maybe a point guard, maybe Pat Bev, maybe you play Leandro Bomaro, who you drafted last year. Uh, do you play Josh Akogi? Do you start him? Is Layman or Jaden McDaniels making their way into the rotation? Do you keep playing Jared Vanderbilt, who's a very good defender, but can't shoot the ball if his life depended on it? Nas Reed is probably going to be their backup center because no one else can be. It's like, what does your bench really look like? Because right now it looks like a dumpster fire. Yeah, and, and, and the whole team just lacks that you know winning culture. Yes. That's the big problem with the Timberwolves that they've always had good players. Cat's always been, you know, a top five center in the NBA. D'Lo's never been a bad basketball player. I mean, you forget, everyone forgets he was an all-star like three years ago. Yeah. So oh, this timer makes me sad. You can anyways, finish your thought. Anyways, their culture has always been a bit of an issue over in um, in Minnesota. I would agree. That, um, that kind of exhausts like that tier. We kind of did not did this in tiers, but as we were making this list, we kind of saw tiers. So 24, the Timberwolves, there's kind of a gap after that to where we get to this next team, which would be the Sacramento Kings, which I see as head and shoulders above the Timberwolves. The Kings roster is where we start get looking at Ross and be like, all right, that is a roster that I could see potentially making a playoff run. They're starting five looking like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes. And then a, a bench of Davion Mitchell, Buddy Heald, Terrence Davis, um, either Chimaze Metu or... Maurice Harkless and then Tristan Thompson. That that is a you know a actual a roster that looks like it's constructed correctly. It looks like an NBA roster. It does, right? You got you got a couple of guys like you're if you're a fringe playoff team, you got a couple of fringe all stars, right? You got Darren Fox, maybe a fringe all star, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hall, Buddy Heald, potentially fringe all star type guys, and then you got a lot of vets. You got your Tristan Thompsons of the world. You got your Damian Joneses of the world. You got your Harrison Barnes, your Mo Harkless. You got a, a high upside guy still in Marvin Bagley who could still pop. I mean, he's still a very young player. He's only been in the NBA. This is going to be year four for him. So it, it, it very well could turn out to be um, he's just got time to figure out. And the guy can't stay healthy. So that's the big thing with him is like, can he figure out how to stay healthy? And can he contribute to winning basketball? The, a player I love on this team is Davion Mitchell, the rookie out of Baylor. So he is going to run into the issue that is the the clog in the backcourt right now, right? You got who of Fox, Halliburton, and Heald are you moving out of the way to give Mitchell minutes? My guess is he plays probably 15 to 20. Yeah, and and and, and this team is also prime trade bill. 
They've yes. been trying to move on from Buddy Heald for, you know, the most of the offseason. They thought they had the deal done with the Lakers. The Lakers kind of spurned them and went with Westbrook instead. They're trying to create room for Davion Mitchell to play while adding, you know, some some more, you know, depth and some vets to this team um, with moving Buddy Heald, but they haven't been able to do it yet. I will say if I if Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton did not exist on the Kings, I would be putting big money on Davion Mitchell winning rookie of the year. I'm very high on him. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that and, he's got a and, great name too. But uh Davion Mitchell? Yeah. Oh, uh, is his nickname is Off Day. Off Day? Yeah. Like there's no there's off day. There's no off day. Oh. That's is one of the best nicknames in college basketball. That's a good year. nickname. Let's move on to our next team. All right. And for the next team, we're coming in at 22 here. We are talking about the Washingtonian Wizards. That is how you say it, right? Washingtonian. Wow. Uh, <laughs> You're wasting your time here. Okay. So they actually have a roster full of good players, mainly because of that Russell Westbrook trade to the Lakers. And the Lakers just gave them everybody that it took to fill out the contract to get what Russell Westbrook. So they're rolling out a team with like Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Aaron Holiday, Denny Avdia. Uh, Rui Hachimura, Montrez Harrell, Davis Bertans, Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, who is their lottery pick and could be a very, very good shooter. Cal Kuzma, who's shown flashes of being able to be a good scorer, And Thomas Bryant, a lot of guys to throw at the wall here where it seems to me like they'll have a good starting lineup and one of the better benches. Yeah, and, and they continue that good back, uh, backcourt play with Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal both being there as well. Oh, yeah. Those two, I think that Hachimura can make a really big jump. I think, I mean, now you're like, who do you start? Do you start Kuzma? Do you start Montrez Harold? Do you start Bertans? To me, really, you got Thomas Bryant, Beal, and Dinwiddie as your surefire starters. And then you got a bunch of stuff for uh, the coach to play with. Yeah, that, that, that team is primed to have a good bench just because, you know, Kyle Kuzma has been a starter before. Montrez Harold is, you know, won a six man before. Like that, Davis Bertans is one of the best shooters in the NBA before he forgot how to shoot last year. Um, so this this team is primed to you know not be bad. That's the thing yes. with this tier right now. This you know low twenties to high teens. It's like you're not going to be bad. You might not be good, but you're not going to be bad. You, you this is the tier that's fighting for the playing game. Yeah, this is right? the, yeah this is the group that's fighting for that you know eight nine ten spot in in all the conferences. Yeah, I like what the Wizards are doing here. Um, because they're they're very very solid. They're not very young, but they're not very old. They got a lot of guys that are kind of hitting their prime right about right now. They could be a team that very much surprises us, especially depending on how Spencer Dinwiddie plays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to our next team, which is uh, the 21st team in the NBA. And in that in that category, we have the Toronto Raptors coming in at number 21. Another, another well-constructed team here. Yeah. I mean... If you look on paper, their starting five fits together pretty nicely. You have Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Anudwi, Pascal Siakam, and Chris Boucher. That's a very good defensive team. Hot take, uh, Precious Achua starts over Boucher. Well, I'm looking at the ESPN, and they have Ken Birch starting, and I was assuming that wasn't going to be the case. That could be. Honestly, Ken Birch is a, is a very, very solid player. Like He's the guy that never hurts you, so I could see that. Yeah, but then you have a bench of Goran Dragic, Malachi Flynn, who played really well for them last year, mm -hmm. their number four overall pick, Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua, and either Ken Birch or Chris Boucher, whoever doesn't start. And then you still have Svee Mikhailuk, who played really well for them. Isaac Bonga has shown flashes. Like This team is deep. Yes, it's a deep team. They got some. They got some good veteran leadership in uh, in Goron. But overall, this is a team that is trying to get chemistry right now because they're thinking, okay, this is our team. 
Now, if we need to move on from Pascal and go get another star, we could potentially do that. But this is our lineup right now that Van Vliet, Trent, uh, Anunaby, Siakam, and then whoever you want your center to be. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough spot because they've invested a lot of money in Van Vliet, in Siakam, in Gary Trent Jr. They're going to have to invest money in OG Anunaby coming up here pretty soon. They currently have a lot of money invested in Dragic, so they, 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 they have a long way to go in terms of like figuring it all out. But I do agree with you that this roster kind of is what it is. Yeah. So that that is the that's going to be the story of the Raptors is this season do they flounder like they did last year? They really struggled last year, which was a bit of a surprise. Um or do they come out and do they play like the Raptors that we saw 2 years ago inside the bubble that played really really well and was pushing the Celtics to potentially go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and a big thing to to note here about last year's struggles with them real quick before we finish is they didn't get to play at home. A good point. That's a very big. I mean, they had to play in Florida, play in Tampa, as, as their whole, you know, home, home, uh, home court was in Florida. So they didn't get to sleep in their own beds. They didn't have a home crowd. So like, being able to go home this year will be huge for them. It's very true. All right, now we're wrapping up our top twenty here at number twenty. We have got the Nolans Pelicans. The Nolans Pelicans. Now we obviously all know that they have probably the best star power out of anyone in this group with Zion and Brandon Ingram. Both of them are all-stars. Both of them are young. Both of them are very good players. They go about the game in different ways. It's a question whether they actually will fit going forward or not. They did move around some pieces this offseason. They most notably, they moved on from um, Steven Adams and added Jonas Valanciunas and they moved on from Eric Bledsoe and then added Devonte Graham. So their lineup will look something along the lines of a Devonte Graham, Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas, which is definitely the best starting lineup we've heard yet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say the Jonas Valanciunas and Devontae Graham additions were both upgrades over the players they had previously with Steven Adams and uh, and um, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, excuse me, sorry. They did lose Lonzo, which hurts. But um, th- this team, it just needs to figure itself out. Because the roster has always been a little bit eclectic. This is the the easy, the most easy flowing roster that they've had in a long time. And the, the Pelicans got to start winning because Zion wants out and they need to give him reasons to stay. And they have a new coach. So we'll see how Willie does with this new team. I think that what you can see is they definitely took, put an emphasis on shooting around Zion, right? Eric Bledsoe couldn't really shoot. Lonzo Lonzo actually started to become a good shooter at the end, but they never really saw him as a shooter. Devontae Graham very much is a shooter. Jonas Valanciunas is one of the best shooting big men um, the NBA has to offer. So maybe he fits better next to Zion because the whole thing is how do you fit the pieces around Zion? Like Ingram is great, but it, Zion is your superstar. Yeah, and he's a hard guy to build around just because he's a guy that can't get his own shot. So it's hard to build around a superstar that is incapable of like taking the ball, putting it on the floor in the half court and scoring. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult challenge. That being said, if you want to keep Zion, you got to be up to the task. Yeah. All right. Now All we're right. getting into so our teams. Before before we we move on here, let's let's recap our top twenty or our bottom twenty. I guess, you know, the, the 20s right here, yep. which would be the Thunder we have at 30, the Magic we have at 29, the Rockets we have at 28, the Cavaliers we have at 27, the Pistons we have at 26, the Spurs we have at 25, the Timberwolves we have at 24, the Kings we have at 23, the Wizards we have at 22, the Raptors we have at 21, and then we had the Pelicans coming in at number 20. Let's break into the teens here and talk about the 19 team in our power rankings, which would be the Charlotte Hornets. 
Oh, the old Charlotte Hornets. They have my favorite player in basketball on that team. Uh, Terry Rozier. <laughs> this team captained and led by LaMelo Ball. This is probably one of the deeper teams that we've yet that we have talked about yet. Their starting five looks like LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumley. They added they added their center. You know, they, they, the big thing with them was could they add a center? Mason Plumley played pretty well for Detroit last year, was the backup in in uh denver for a while no, has been in winning situations before has also been in losing situations before so he's you know a good vet and can play good basketball very underrated passer and mm-hmm. then their bench looks like ish smith kelly Oubre, james boke knight miles bridges and then uh, kai jones which actually is a decent five coming off the bench yes the bench i think is definitely going to be better um when you add guys like we'll, we'll see how book knight plays because book knight could be their long-term pairing next to Lamelo that could potentially spell terry rogier at some point because book Knight's big book Knight's like six five he's gonna yeah. be a shooting guard so i like book knight quite a lot um, I really like Kai Jones. We loved him coming out of the Yes, draft. I thought that that was definitely going to be a steal. He's going to be fighting with Vernon Carey for that backup center spot. I think Kai's going to win that. Um, Kelly Oubre, as a bench piece, is going to be really big. He also potentially could spell Gordon Hayward if they do find a big trade to put Hayward and Rogier out there for. This is a very interesting team, very athletic team. Yeah, probably one of the most athletic teams in the NBA. You still have Jalen McDaniels. Yep. who's a super athlete who crazy made, long who you know could make could make a leap and then when you have miles bridges pj washington and terry rozier those guys can all yam yep yeah and kai jones had like the the dunk of the summer league yeah he did that, that was crazy that was wild so the hornets is definitely they're another one that's going to be interesting so last year they made it to the play-in game mm-hmm. and lost in the play-in game they lost the last game of the regular season and dropped from what could have been eight all the way to ten Yes, they lost almost everything in one game. So they're going to be an interesting team to see whether they make a step up, step down or stay the same. I bet they stay the same. Moving on, moving on. All right. The next team that we have uh, on the list is number 18. We're going to stay in the Eastern Conference right now. And we're going to talk about the does this state really exist? Indiana Pacers. Now, the Indiana Pacers was a very disappointing team last year. They were a team that a lot of people thought was kind of like a lock for the playoffs. They've been a lock for the playoffs for a very long time, um, and they didn't really move a whole lot. But they are going to have a healthy Karis LeVert back, along with their other best players with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, where's All-star DeMontis Sabonis. All-star DeMontis Sabonis. They still got TJ Warren and Miles Turner, who's one of the best defensive bigs in the entire NBA. They did lose TJ Warren for most of last year. Yes. TJ Warren and Karis LeVert were both out a lot last year. So if they can come back and be healthy, have their starting lineup of Brogdon, LeVert, Warren, Sabonis, Turner come back to the lineup, and then the bench is fine. There's not a whole lot to be like super jazzed up about, but they got like a Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell, who's a very good defender. Um, Tori Craig will probably be their backup small forward. Chris, Chris Duarte, uh, who's their lottery pick, I would not be surprised to see him crack the rotation. And then your big is, I guess, Goga, Badatze. Yeah, they, they do lack in the backup big category. That being said, you can kind of rotate Sabonis and Miles both playing the center spot and just kind of go small ball. Yeah, so this was a team, again, disappointed last year. Um, they got rid of their one-year coach, Skullshire or whatever uh, Norwegian name it was. He was not liked. He was not liked. uh, The team outwardly was like yelling at him on the bench and they added Rick Carlisle. Yeah. uh, The former Dallas Mavericks head coach, Rick Carlisle, um, 
had an interesting departure from Dallas, I would say, um, but a very good head coach, a very experienced head coach, an old school guy, hard nose. He will bring a, you know, a winning culture and a hard nosed team in, uh, in Indiana. I think that that is like the type of thing they need. That is their big offseason acquisition is Rick Carlisle. He's a championship head coach. He's been, he was the head coach for the Mavericks for a very long time. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA, but he's one of those, like, I'm not going to fuck around. You better listen to what I say, because this is my team. This is not anyone else's team. And I think that actually fits what the roster is built around in Indiana. Yeah. He's very much a his way or the highway type of guy. That being said, his way is generally right. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Exactly. Is the boing coming soon? Oh, man. That one felt we, longer, We didn't finished it? a segment. There we go. Wow, look at that. All right. Hold on. I hit the wrong thing here. No, you're good. Oh, my God. I'm butchering this. Okay. 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 You want to do moving, it? Moving on to our next team, which would be coming in at number 17. Um, we have the New York Knicks. The Knickerbockers. Probably the highest rank in a preseason power ranking they've had in years. <laughs> You know, going into last season, we were talking about doing a Knicks and like Burnett's episode. It was it, Knicks and Everclear because Knicks they were going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> and but boy, were we, boy, were we wrong. We were wrong. And, and going into this year, I will say like the Knicks, I'm looking at their roster and their depth chart right now. They probably have the best like starter backup of any team that we've said so far. Their starting point guard, Kemba Walker, their backup, Derek Rose. Their starting shooting guard, Evan Fournier, their backup, Emmanuel Quickly. Their starting small forward, RJ Barrett, their backup, Alec Burks. They're starting power forward, Julius Randle, who's going to be playing a lot of minutes. So you don't need a big backup power forward. But when you do, you have Obi Toppin and Kevin Knox, two young guys that have upside. Obi Toppin was probably one of the highest rated like recruits last year. Yeah. And then you're starting center, Mitchell Robinson, your backup, Nerlens Noel. You also have Taj Gibson, who can also rotate in as the four or five backup. So like they're deep. deep. They are good. They buy into uh, what Coach Thibodeau has to say. And they now have their, quote, superstar in Kemba Walker to pair with their already star, Julius Randle. Now, here, I think, is the biggest thing for the Knicks is the Knicks went into last offseason and they are basically like, Julius Randle, please score points. Please get us out of this. Please win this series for us. And then the Hawks proceeded to throw their best defenders, double Julius Randle, pack the paint, did not allow him to get into his spots. He had to take a lot of jump shots. He had to take a lot of fallaways, which was a bad thing for them. So what did they do? They went out and they added Kemba Walker. They went and added Evan Fournier, guys that can go and get their own bucket. And Kemba Walker is going to be absolutely loved in New York because that is his hometown. Yeah, and and, and he's probably the biggest star they've had in New York in a while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so he will be well-loved. Evan Fournier... An, an, a guy who can get his own bucket as well as a knockdown shooter. And and they, they still have, you know, Derek Rhodes, Alec Burtz, and Emmanuel quickly to kind of, you know, spearhead that bench unit, which has always been good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Knicks this year. Yeah, I'm high. That might be my Eastern Conference We have them team. at 17, but I have them higher than yes. that. I, I, think, I think they might do better than that. All right. So coming in next at number 16 um, is a team that has been playing really well, has been in the playing game the last couple of years in the Western Conference, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies who won the play-in game tournament last year over the likes of a Warriors and Lakers team, which is pretty wild. Yeah, and when, when when we saw the Warriors, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, and the... What was the last team in that? Another team. Another team. I think it was the Spurs. I think oh, the, the, uh, the Grizzlies was, was, beat the Spurs the Grizzlies, at the 19. Spurs, and then the Warriors and the Lakers. Everyone's like, well, the Warriors and the Lakers are going to make it. Yeah. But no, no, but no, 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 the Grizzlies, but the upset. Now, this is a very fun, young team. I'm going to read off everyone that's on this team because they all could play because they're super deep. 
Uh, okay, so John Morant, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, Chris Dunn, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jarek Culver, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, um, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams, Stephen Adams. That's a de- all. All fifteen of those guys, or how many, however many you read, could crack the rotation. Yeah, so which they, means coaching for this team is super important. Yes, and I really, and I, I, I think that their coaching has been very good over the last several years. I need to look at. Can you look up the guy's name for the Grizzlies head coach? I forget. Uh, my roommate Jack is going to be mad at me for forgetting this guy's name, but he's been the coach for the last two years. Ricker staff. No, it's not that. No, Taylor guy. Jenkins. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Jenkins. It's Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins has been a very, very good coach for them. Jaw is starting to enter the precipice of being one of the top point guards in the NBA, being an all-star candidate. Jaron Jackson had injury problems last year, which was a big reason why um, they struggled a little bit, why Jonas Valanciunas bumped up his trade stock quite a lot because Jonas showed off what he can do last year. They, they flipped him. They added Steven Adams. We'll see if that's actually a better fit for him or not. But I think that this team is, they've just got youth and talent all over the board. They will need to, um, they will need to uh, like consolidate at some point because they won't be able to pay all these guys. That being said, they definitely um, have, you know, probably the deepest roster in the NBA. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like they have multiple guys that can play multiple positions. They got a lot of shooting, a lot of defense, and I know the boing is going off, but I could talk about the Grizzlies all day. As, as could we all. Um, let's take a break here. We're about halfway through our uh, our power rankings. Let's take a break and revisit this whiskey. Let's talk taste. But before we do that, I'm going to run through you know our top our bottom 15 at this point. Did you just be- before we dude me? I did just before but, we did you. How dare you? I but before I did you. <laughs> Anyways, the Thunder at 30, the Magic at 29, the Rockets at 28, the Cavs at 27, the Pistons at 26, the Spurs at 25, the Timberwolves at 24, the Kings at 23, the Wizards at 22, the Raptors at 21, the Pelicans at 20, the Hornets at 19, the Pacers at 18, the Knicks at 16, and then the Grizzlies, or the, the Knicks at 17, and then the Grizzlies coming in at number 16. I think we've nailed it so far, guy. I mean, if the, if the you know, the end of the year doesn't look like this, I mean, we're going to have some riots on our hands. I, I know, I know. People will be revolting. All right. So we are drinking the Redemption High Rise Single Barrel Select Bourbon out of Indiana of all states. Pacers didn't get a lot of love from us today. They did not, but the whiskey does. But the whiskey gets some love from us. All right. Um, I have read what the notes and you the read the tasting are. notes. I, I cheated. Okay. I cheated. All right. Hold on. I get I get a little bit of floral tasting wow is that on the list violet let's go violet yeah i get um a little bit of honey yes i get a little bit of vanilla which every whiskey i feel like has yep we always say vanilla or vanilla uh, and cherry are two uh, you know people have been commenting saying that basically we say every whiskey tastes like woods vanilla and cherry that's what whiskey tastes like. <laughs> Don't be mad at us. We're working on it, people. That's why we're looking up tasting notes now. Dude, I'm surprised that you nailed a lot of these things. Um, I almost get a little bit of like nuttiness. Roasted nuts. All right, so let's go. Dude, I can't believe. Did you read this? <laughs> no. Wow. I did not read this. Okay, so this is what it says here. Um, this 105 proof expression boasts an impressively spicy the nose. 
that's not a good that's not that's poor grammar right there an impressively spicy the nose with plenty of rye roasted nuts vanilla oak and hints of dill and violet did not get a lot of dill dill honestly that's the nose I get a little. I get a little bit. I of, do smell it. I smell oh my god! It's amazing when you look up what like professionals like what these things are actually supposed to like smell and taste like, and then you get those very subtle nuances. We just get the ones that punch you in the face. Exactly. It's like vanilla. It tastes like vanilla. <laughs> okay. Um, with a rounded, silky mouthfeel, the palate packs a hefty rye punch up front, along with toffee, honey, roasted nuts, and dark chocolate. Heat only increases on the finish, which lingers with a star anise nutmeg with an, and a touch of lemongrass before feeding into a spicy dry leather. Leather? Why is don't leather you, still don't, a thing? don't you love when it ages into a spicy dry leather in the back of your throat? Ah, that's a good stuff right there. I do get the lemon. I get the lemon. I do get the lemon. I, I get do, everything that they're saying. It's it's, it's fun. It's, it's easy when you can when they tell you what to look for and then it you is. look for it. It is. I will say that we have gotten better in general. The fact that you pointed out like several of those things was pretty wild. I, I'm 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 very proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself. Um, we missed last week's rankings. That being said, we were drinking Ooh, White Claw. Yes, we and we didn't rank White Claw because, because how we're are drinking you, different flavors and it's just how are you supposed to how are you supposed to rank White. That Claw? being said, we need to continue our rankings. What do you got? Mm. I'm glad you reminded me. It was your thing, man. I know, I know, I know. We, I, I was, I'm one for two so far. Okay, um, I really enjoy this whiskey because it's very smooth, right? It is super smooth. It's super silky, super smooth. When they say the silky mouthfeel, I was like, I don't know how to explain that, but it's right. But <laughs> it is a silky mouthfeel. Um, I'm going to give this an eight six, an eight point six. Eight point six. I really wow. enjoy this. I, I could sit and drink this every night. Really? Mm-hmm. 8.6. That is, I mean, I feel like I said the last time we were but that is generous, I think. I'm waiting to be, like, blown away by something. Uh, I will I'd say, say a 7.9. 7.9? 7. 7. I, I don't, I don't want to give C+. it. plus. I don't want to give it quite an 8. All right. I don't want to, but, like, it, I don't see it as a C plus because in the grading scale, a 60 is a, or, you know, a 50 is a fail. The grading scale is fucked, by the way. Yeah, the 50 is a fail. <laughs> so, like. A seven is much better than a C plus, in my opinion, because okay. for me, like a two is a fail. All right. That being said, I don't want to give it an eight, so I'm going to give it a seven point nine. All right, seven point nine nine. I'm still living with my eight point six. I really like this. This one. is a good one. It's I a like good this one. one. Absolutely. All right, Ray, jump let's, back into let's it. Jump back into the uh, the power rankings here. Um, I have the next team, which would be coming in at number fifteen. Which honestly, I might let you announce because this was your pick. Okay. And this is, okay, this okay, is okay. probably the hottest take we have. Okay. So on this power rankings, we're going through, we're going through all the teams and there is a certain like threshold that we have now hit being in the top 15. And these are teams that are mainly playoff teams. And it's like, where do you rank them? Right. This, this was hard. This was very hard. I saw one team on this list that I was like, ah, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're not going to be that good this year. And that's the Los Angeles Clippers. You guys thought I was going to say Lakers because I was biased, right? No, the Los Angeles Clippers. And the biggest part of that is because Kawhi Leonard might be out the entire season. If he's not out for the entire season, he will be out for most, if not all of the regular season. And looking at their depth chart, it shows. Yeah. So your, your starting five is probably Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Ivica Zubac. With a bench of Terrence Mann, Nick Batum, Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard, 
Justice Winslow and make that into, you know, positions. It's fine. It's fine. It's a fine team. It's fine. Get you into the playoffs. The problem is if you look at all these other teams on this list, they're either super deep. Yep. Or they have a big two or a big three. You look at this team, they don't even have a big two, and I wouldn't call it super deep. This team screams first round exit. No Kawhi on it. This is a first round. Now, this is a team that I will say last year in the playoffs, I thought was going to make it to the finals. I thought they were going to win the West, and they were pretty close to it. And 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 you have to give this team some credit. After Kawhi went down, they fought hard and they they you know they they won some games. They're still a very good basketball team. I mean, they're the top the top half of the NBA. And and, and if you look at the top half of the NBA, all these teams are really good. It's hard to make the playoffs in the West. It's hard to be a top half of the NBA these days. That is what this team still is. They got a lot of good players along with their leader and best player, Paul George, but they're lacking that sec- that big-time second punch. Like, is that going to be Reggie Jackson? Is that going to be um, Marcus Morris? Like, who is that guy for you? We have no idea right now, and you're going to be at least three-quarters of the season without Kawhi. Yeah, and, and and that might be just too big of a hole to dig out of. Yep. Now, Paul George has shown that when he's the number one option, he is good. He's a great player. He's a great number one option and can do really well to lead a team. He struggles in that number two option spot. That being said, is that enough? Wow. That's that timing. timing. Wow. Jinxy. All, right. All right. So we are on to number 14 now, and I'm just going to go straight for it. It is the Boston Celtics. Now the Celtics are a very, very interesting team, right? Because they've had they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals several times over the last four to five years. I want to say it's almost been three out of five. I think it's three out of the last Something five like years. That, yeah. So in all those with Jason Tatum, with Jalen Brown, and the team has just been like constructed differently as the years have gone on. Last year was a major dud of a year for the Boston Celtics. Struggled heavily. And it wasn't even like, in, I mean, some of it was injury related, but in the grand scheme of things, they were struggling before people got hurt. Yes, exactly. And that and that is where the issue lies is like they were just not looking like a very cohesive, well-rounded team. Now Brad Stevens has stepped out. He's become the general manager. They added Portland native Ime Udoka as their head coach, who has been a assistant with the Spurs during their championship runs was an assistant with the Sixers last year. He's been around. He's a very, he supposedly was like one of the top guys as far as coaches came. So we'll see what happens with him. Their lineup is going to look something along the lines of Schroeder, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Al Horford. Which starting five wise isn't bad. That's a top, you know, half team in the NBA. That being said, their bench has some questions. The fact that the head coach is still involved when you like, when your head coach leaves an organization, I feel like it's best to just clean cut it and just move on just because it's, you know, he's still got his own, you know, system and everything. And it's hard when you're still seeing that guy around when he used to coach you, but he's not your coach anymore. Exactly. I feel like that's very awkward. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, their bench looks something along the lines of Peyton Pritchard, at point guard, um, Josh Richardson at shooting guard. You've got guys like Aaron Neesmith, who played really well during Summer League, or Romeo Langford, who they've been talking up for a long time. Garrison Matthews is a very good shooter to play your small forward. They have Jabari Parker. That's fun. That is fun. Jabari Parker or Grant Williams, who played pretty well to be their power forward. And then Ennis Kanter and Robert Williams are going to battle it out for backup center. So they are relatively deep with questionable guys. This team strikes me as they are good, not great they are could pop. They also could flop. Uh, it, it all depends on whether or not they buy into this coach. 
the awkwardness again of Brad Stevens still sticking around to me is super weird. Um, and then, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are going to have to ball out and they, they lost a lot of their creation. They don't have, they, this team has no like creator. Yeah. Um, losing Kemba obviously hurts, but maybe Schroeder is the type of creator that he will help create for others where Kemba was more of a create for myself kind of guy. Maybe that will help make the offense flow a little bit better. I also still question whether Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are actually going to fit for a championship level team. Can you have two wings win a championship together? We haven't really seen that. You need either a bigger guard. It sounds like these days. Yep. You need a bigger guard. We're long are the days of the Chicago Bulls where you had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen running rain on the, uh, the entire NBA, because I'm not totally sold on the, I think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are two amazing basketball players. Both should be all-stars every year. Both should be all NBA type players, but can that fit between the two of them lead to a championship? I don't know. Dude, that's twice in a row. We've got that timing down. Bang, bang. All right. That one felt long. Um, Let's move on to our next team, which might we might get some hate for this pick. We might get some hate here. Um, we have the Eastern Conference finalist competing Atlanta Hawks coming in at number thirteen. Yeah, they. I'm. So would it be bad if I said that there was an element of them that got kind of lucky with Ben Simmons just mentally collapsing in their series? I would agree. I also think that this team is just deep, but not superstar heavy. You have Trey Young, who's a superstar. But outside of that, you have John Collins, who I would say is a fringe all-star. And then outside of that, you have a bunch of good basketball players. Um, they definitely, um, their starting five looks like Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella, which looks to me like a solid starting five. And then you have your bench. They, they, they brought in DeLon Wright, who's yep. a great backup point guard. They still got the six-man bucket getter, Lou Will. They have Kevin Herter and Cam Reddish which I think that it's time that one of them needs to either step up or get moved on from. Yep. Um, then they have Gallo and then uh, Gorgie Jang and Solomon Hill. Like they, 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 this is a deep team. The problem is, and, oh, and they, they got Jalen Johnson in the draft. I who think. I think is going to be good. So the, this team is very wing heavy. This team just, they need some guys to step up. They yeah. need some guys to go from good basketball players to great basketball players before they become a title contender in my eyes. I think that the the thing that could turn them into a title contender is the development of John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Those are the two guys to me that have the highest ceilings on this team. I mean, outside of Trey Young, of course, um, that have the highest ceilings to step up and be an all-star caliber player. You have your other guys like Herter and, uh, um, uh, Herter and Reddish, Reddish and Jalen Johnson, I guess are the, the who, three that are going to be competing and Lou will who can always pop. Those like Herder and Reddish can always pop and like one of them could just take that starting shooting guard role and just run with it. But to me, it is between John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Those are two of the guys that I see all-star potential in, but they're just not there yet. Oh, wow. That one went really fast. Dude, we are getting good at this. That one went really fast. That one, that one cruised. That one cruised. All right, moving on to our next team. Mitch, who you got? All right, number 12, a team that is near and dear to my heart. As, uh, as you guys probably know, it is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Blazers have been in the uh, the media a lot this offseason. A big part of that is Damian Lillard being on the Olympic team while he was there. There was a whole bunch of, does Dame want out rumors going out? Does Dame want to be traded? Is Dame going to force his way out? 
Damian Lillard had just signed an extension. He still has four years, including this year on the extension. So if you traded Damian Lillard, you get the King's prize. You get the uh, King's ransom, as they say, because you're getting a, an all-NBA an all guy for four years. An MVP candidate. An MVP candidate for four years guaranteed. He came back. He pretty much said, like, look, I just want to be on a competing team. I honestly think all he wants is to make it to the second round. He wants to Probably. feel like he wants to feel like he's like competing. He, he wants to feel that if they pop, they have a chance. Exactly. That's all he wants. And they did not give that to him last year. They lost to a uh, injury plague nuggets team that just got absolutely ripped in the second round. The only big move that they made was adding Chauncey Billups. I would say Larry, and, and Larry Nance, Nance, Larry was Nance a, is a decently sized move, but the coaching change is very, is very big here. Yes. The coaching change is what changes everything. They've been repeatedly talking about accountability and defense during these, uh, the training camp and during this media session. That's that is what they've been harping on left and right. Which, I mean, this team is not bad. This team, I, I've said this before, but they're looking for that Dallas Mavericks 2011 type of run. They're not building dynasties. They are just here to see if they can pop for a year and win a one-off championship. Now, this is a good year to try to do it because the Lakers are, are going to have to, they might need a year to figure out this Russell Westbrook thing. The Nets, now that they're all healthy, might need a year to figure out their whole thing. Yep. This is a prime year for a one-off championship before the dynasties really take hold. Yeah, it's true, and we'll we'll see what happens with the Lakers-Nets. It does feel like we're leading into a Lakers-Nets championship year, so for these teams, this is when you've got to take advantage. It's like we're, like, hustling. To, and, and now uh, I have the last thing. They go, <laughs> bang, nailed it. All right. All right. Coming the in, next team? Coming in at number 11, we, we're not biased by ne putting neither of our teams in the top 10, but the Dallas Mavericks I have coming in at number 11. Um, another team here with a coaching change, another team with a very bright outlook on the season, but another team that didn't really do much roster-wise this offseason. Yeah, who is it? I mean, their starting five looks like Luka Doncic, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, Kristaps Porzingis, and probably Maxi Kleba. This and, is a team that can go a lot of different routes with their starting lineup, right? This team is Luka, Tim, actually not even Tim, Luka and Kristaps are the two locks. The other three... Our spots are kind of up for grabs between Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Willie Colley Stein. There's, I mean, you could even, I could even see Sterling Brown cracking in it. Boban has started before. There's like seven different guys who can fill these last three spots. Now, I will say, I think that you got two big ads, three big ads this offseason. One is addition by subtraction by getting rid of Carlisle. I think that the team needed a boost of energy. And then the two others are players. One is Reggie Bullock. I think Bullock is going could be a very, very big player, like a great fit next to uh, Luca. And the other being Moses Brown could actually be your starting center. You've gone through so many different starting centers in the last several years. He could be your guy. Yeah, he could be. This ESPN depth chart has him as our fifth string center, and that's it. He's not even on the power forward list. He's just our fifth string center. Moses. That being said, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Willie Colley-Stein, Boban Marjanovic, and then Moses Brown. So I understand. The Mavs have a lot of centers. This is another team that I could see making a last-minute deal before the season starts just to fill out this roster because they are very big heavy, they are very wing heavy, and they don't have a lot of guards. Behind Luka and Jalen Brunson, you have Trey Burke and Frank Nielakina. So Frankie if, Nicotine. So if, if Jalen Brunson or Luka gets hurt, you're relying on Trey Burke and Frank Nilakina to run either your starting or your bench unit, which, in my opinion, we could use another guard. That yeah. being said, this team could pop and, you know, could get, get to the Western Conference Finals, and it could flop and not even make the playoffs. 
you'll make the playoffs. You'll make the playoffs. You could lose in the first round again, which I think would be a big disappointment for you guys. Yeah. Anyways, on to the next team. We are officially entering the top 10. Before we do that, let's let's recap. So I've said that, you know, 30 through 16 a lot, but at 15, we have the Clippers. 14, we have the Celtics. 13, we have the Hawks. 12, we have the Blazers. 11, we have the Mavs. We are in our top 10 now. Top 10. Here we go. Number 10, I think, is a bit of a surprise for most people, being that they were the number one seed in the East last year, and we're starting to forget how good they actually might be, but that is the Philadelphia 76ers. I I think that we decided to have them be this low for one reason and one reason only, and that is that they are going to be losing defensive player, the potential defensive player of the year candidate, Ben Simmons. He's not playing for you anymore. No matter what you do, if you trade him or if you bench him, Ben Simmons is not showing up. He's not want to play in front of those Philadelphia 76ers fans anymore. He does not want to play for Daryl Morey. He does not want to play with Joel Embiid. He's done. Dunzo beans. Karma 76ers fans, maybe try being nicer to your players and they actually might want to play for you guys. Yeah. Maybe he's just a guy that had like a hard two weeks after an amazing season and you got really, really intensely hard on him. I mean... Not everyone's perfect. You don't have to be assholes about everything. Oh, I love a good just ripping on the on Philadelphia fan segment. Um, but I do think that because you're losing, you're losing your guy that is your biggest playmaker and you're losing your guy that's your best perimeter defender. When you lose both of those aspects, you're not going to be as good. You're just not. Now, it depends what they get for him. If they trade him. Yeah, but it, it, saying they do, it depends what they get for him. That being said, you're not getting a player as good as Ben Simmons in return for Ben Simmons. 100%. 100%. So does Joel Embiid step up even more than what he did last year where he probably would have won MVP if he was actually healthy it's last year? It's hard to imagine him doing better than what he did last year. Exactly. It, it's possible, but it's hard to imagine him doing better than what he did last year. Exactly my point. So if you're the 76ers, the guys that you're heavily relying on to make big jumps or big production jumps is Tyrese Maxey, I would say Seth Curry or Matisse Teibel or uh, Tobias Harris. And none of those guys can play true point guard. Maybe Maxi. Maybe Maxi. But that's it. That's where you are when you're the 76ers right now. So that's why we have them at 10. All right. Moving on to probably our biggest riser in yeah. the power rankings from the end of last year to the start of this year. Jumping all the way into the top 10, coming in at number nine, the Chicago Bulls. Chicago. Chicago basketball is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we were recently in Chicago in the airport for yes. two seconds. Yes, we were. <laughs> um, looking at this depth chart, it is incredible how good this depth chart looks on paper. You're starting five, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic. You have three potential all-stars in that starting five, a up-and-coming guy, in Lonzo Ball and a very highly rated second year guy in Patrick Williams. Yes. Then you have your bench of Kobe White, a very a very highly rated player, a very good player, could be a six man of the year type of guy. Alex Caruso, the who, James Harden stopper is what they're calling him, who is also like not. I mean, he's a meme, but he's also a good basketball player. Yes. As much of a meme as he is, he's is a very good basketball player. Troy Brown Jr., a good shooter. Derek Jones Jr., a former Blazer who can, you know, maybe incredibly not, athletic, maybe not great in a starting role, but could play well off the bench. And then Tony Bradley is a not a bad backup center. This team is much deeper than I thought they would be. So the starting lineup, really good. It, probably lot, one of the best in the NBA. Probably one of the best in the NBA. It really is going to come down to 
how well um uh oh, I'm for Billy Billy Donovan Billy Donovan man the booze is getting to my my brain um how well Billy Donovan can put this team together what are your schemes what is everyone's roles does everyone buy into what they're doing because you got a lot of guys who have been stars on a lot of teams and might be trying to do a little bit too much maybe a Vucevic and a DeRozan are like well I'm a star and they're like well Levine is our star you need to be our secondary star or tertiary star Lonzo I think is going to absolutely thrive being the true point guard though I Lonzo, will say that. Lonzo has a lot of people to pass to he's going to be asked to play defense him and Patrick Williams are going to be have to handle the defensive end pretty much on their own that being said he's going to thrive there and just see how well the puzzle pieces fit together yeah all right number eight we have another eastern conference team that we are bringing up and it is the old miami heat the heatles another you know big winner of the offseason we're going over again today guys we tried we even timed ourselves we this tried time. we tried look we tried Gosh, Here we go. Darn it. Gosh, gee willikers. Okay, so the Heat are a team that have a whole bunch of players on their squad, right? So they got they added Kyle Lowry, they retained Tyler Hero, they brought back uh Victor Oladipo. Max Struess had a very good Olympics, by the way. He looks really had good. a very good NBA season last year. Yeah. Um, so Gabe Vincent also had a good Olympics. Jimmy Butler, obviously coming back very good. They added Markeith Morris, who's a really good player. They'll probably start Duncan Robinson, who's that one of the best off-ball shooters in the NBA. P.J. Tucker they brought in, who I think is going to add a ton of versatility to this team. If he can still play. He, he showed in the playoffs a little bit that he was, you know, age was getting to him a little bit. But if he can yes. still play. He's an old dude. He's like old. he's like 36, 37 years old. He's like up there. he isn't he is an old, old dude. Um, but then Bam and Dwayne Dwayne Dedman round out their their centers. It's just a very, very deep team with a lot of talent all over the place, offensively and defensively. Yeah, once we once we get into the top ten here, all these teams are good. Yes. Know? And then once we get into this like top, you know, eight, seven, now we're getting into the title contenders. Yeah, we're getting into the nitty-gritty on this on this one. If I were these guys, I would have a starting lineup of Lowry, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler. Ooh. Does Duncan start? I think you have to. You have to start him for shooting purposes. Because between Jimmy and Bam, you have to have a shooter out there. So do you do Kyle, Jimmy, Duncan, Markeith, Bam? Probably. And then you bring Hero, Oladipo, um, Tucker, and Deadman off your bench? Probably. That's not bad. That's a good team. That is not bad. That's a good team. Very good defensively, which I yeah, really this, like. This is a grit and grind. This is a this is a uh, this is a heat type of team. Punch in the face, nose to the grindstone, gonna make you work all forty eight minutes. Spolstra can work with this. That's Absolutely. where I. That's what I come away with. Spolstra can work with this. Let's move on to our next team, which is the number seven team in the NBA according to our power rankings, which is the Golden State Warriors. Finally, oh, yeah. looking like they might be getting healthy. Um, their starting five probably looks like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman, with a bench of uh, Jordan Poole, uh, Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley, Andre Iguodala, Otto Porter, Kevin Kevon Looney. With you know, you still got Jonathan Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody in there. Juan Toscano Anderson's played well in years past. Um, Nomar Bialinsa is a good shooter. There's a lot here lot here um they fixed their bench issue yes they fixed the bench issue which was their main problem last year along with clay thompson being hurt for a long time um 
the Warriors, a lot of people have the Warriors in the t- their top five. We did not have them in our top five. I fought against this a little bit because Steph is getting a year older. I think Steph will still be great, but he is getting a little bit older. Draymond just does not really look like the same Draymond out there. He certainly is a great defender, but he has no interest in shooting, and all he can really do is pass at this point. And then what is Clay Thompson? We haven't seen him for a long two years. time. Two, two full years. seasons. And 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 it just came out the other day that he probably won't play until January. Yes. So he, you know, he's gonna miss a good first chunk of the season as well. Yeah. So I, I like that the Warriors added more veteran depth because that is more like the old school Warriors teams like we saw that are really good. How good is Wiggins gonna play? How good is Wiseman gonna play? Those are two other major factors for this Warriors team, along with the superstars, which we already know have question marks on them by themselves. Yeah, and then this team kind of set themselves up sneakily good for the future because your core of Wiggins, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, not bad once, you know, the Steph, Clay, and Draymond decide to move on and or retire. Yes. That's you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to not just fall off a cliff once your stars leave you. Which I think is why they put a really big like, oh, we're not gonna trade Wiseman thing this offseason. Because he could have been a part of like a big trade for a Bradley Beal or something. Uh all right. The next team that we are going to be talking about is number six on our list, and that is the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. And the Utah Jazz. You mean the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz. Utah. Now Utah Jazz. Okay. No, you did no, no you did jazz. No, I'm the jazz. Okay. The Jazz have the exact same team that they put out last year, this year. That's basically what I could say no about this. It is no different outside they of... Derek, they lost Derek Favors. They lost Derek Favors, but they, they added Hassan Whiteside. It's a wild vibe. It's a sneaky... Dude, Whiteside and Gobert is like you're, start, like you're starting a backup Good centers. luck getting a layup. Nobody's shooting layups on you. I actually I love threes. that. I love that for them. It's it's sad. Udoka as a BK out of Kansas, I don't think it's going to get any minutes. They also did add Eric Paschal from the Warriors. That's not a bad ad. He was good in the Warriors. He struggled when he was in the Timberwolves, but everyone struggles when they go to the Timberwolves. That's a good point. And they also added Rudy Gay. Ooh, I like that. It, it, did he play for the Jazz before? Is this no. Bring, no, I'm thinking no, of uh, Iso Joe. Oh, I said Joe for the Jazz at the end of his career. Um, but yeah, you're running out pretty much your same lineup. You have Conley, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Bojan Bogdanovich, you have Royce O'Neal, then you have Rudy Gobert, and then your bench, you're going to bring in Jordan Clarkson, you're going to bring in um, Joe Ingles, you're going to bring in Rudy Gay, maybe Eric Paschal, and Hassan Whiteside. I don't hate it. I say that they got a couple people deeper. They they can risk one or two injuries and still be a very good basketball team. That being said, this team's prime, this team's like prime to win a championship is probably was either last year or this year because Ingles, Bogdanovich, Conley are all past their prime and are just, you know, on the back nine of their careers. So it's it's win now time for the Jazz. Yes, I would totally agree. I think last year and this year are these are your moments for the Jazz, which Jazz were a one seed last year. They proved it. They were a very good team. <laughs> I you did not see the timer on that at all. You could not see the timer. <laughs> I cheated on that one. Yes, the Jazz are a very good team. We'll see if they can be a one seed again, but we have them lower going into this season. All right, moving on to uh, our next team, which uh, played in the NBA Finals last year, the Phoenix Suns we have coming in at number five. They addressed a little bit of the issues that they had um, on their roster this offseason, which... They got their backup center in JaVale McGee. 
They got a good backup center in JaVale McGee. Frank Kaminsky's still there, but they still have, they have a good backup center. They added a little bit more shooting in Landry Shamit, a low-key good signing for them. Yes. Alfred Payton adds a little bit more creation, a little bit more um, campaign, can't repeat the magic of last year Just backupness. A little insurance. A little insurance for campaign, you know, falling back down to earth a little bit. They still have Jay Crowder. They still have Chris Paul. They still have Devin Booker. They still have Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. DeAndre Ayton, to me, is the X factor of this team. Can he be the playoff version of DeAndre Ayton? Or is he going to fall back to, you know, two years ago, DeAndre Ayton, where he struggles a little bit? So my guess is that what we saw from DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs last year is not peak DeAndre Ayton, because I think that there's an element of outside shooting that he can add which he already has in his bag, but the Suns weren't really using it during the playoffs because that was not the most advantageous thing for them. But I think we're kind of looking at what DeAndre Ayton's going to look like for a very, very long time, which is gigantic leaps, long arms, athletic, controls the rim, rebounds well, um, can go one-on-one on any big in the NBA offensively and defensively. But if he can make another considerable jump to be a potential all-star type guy, that launches the Suns into another stratosphere, in my opinion. Yeah, we have him right at five, you know, not in the title favorite category, even though they were in the title, you know, match last year. Um, But we just, I don't know if they can do the same magic that they had last year. Yeah, a part of the, they got a little bit lucky with injuries, it has to be said, they got a little bit lucky with injuries, but you don't just get to the finals because you're a bad team. They were a really, really good team that made it to the finals. So we'll see if they can repeat. All right, moving I on. I doubt they do. You have the next team. I do have the next team. We are on number four. We are cruising right now, and we are on the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets are a team that we have put over teams like the jazz and the Suns because we think that the nuggets who were the conference finalists two years ago, do not forget that um, are going to go back to dominance in the Western conference, which I think that they're very much capable of. I mean, this is a squad that they have here. Um, They, they paid Aaron Gordon. They paid Michael Porter jr. They're basically saying like, Hey, we think we're good enough to win a championship, but um, we just got to be healthy. Yeah. The, the, the big news out of Denver the last couple of days is Michael Porter Jr. getting the same extension that Trey Young and Luca did. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying Michael Porter Jr. is a bad player, but is he in the same stratosphere as Trey Young and Luca? The NBA might not be sure, but the Nuggets sure as hell are. So the I think that what they're doing there is that they're it's a future bet. Right now Which is the same reason why they drafted him. Yep. The a future bet, and it's paid off so far. So yes. I can't fault the Nuggets. I'm just saying that was a lot of money to give a guy who in the playoffs, didn't look up to snuff. I would agree. Um, he got the same extension that Luca and Trey Young got, that 207 over five. Um, but I think that I, when I look at Michael Porter Jr., I see a superstar. I see a guy that has a, a little bit of a trouble with his handles and getting a, a shot up based off of his own like creation. But that is why you have Jamal Murray there. That's why you have Nikola Jokic there is to help get guys like that because he is just as knocked down as a guy comes. Um, His when, jump shot looks so pure. Oh, it's, it's uh, He might have the prettiest jump shot in the NBA. I saw him take one jumper in summer league and I was like, he will be a superstar. That was like one thing. I literally said that out loud to myself when I watched it and I stand by it. He will be a superstar. He's not there yet. It's but between he will. him, in my opinion, and Kevin Durant, which just have the two like most true to form prettiest like they let it go and it just looks effortless jump shots in the nba it just looks so easy for them yeah 
Let's not forget that they added Jeff Green, too. They got a lot of versatility. This team is really, really good. All right. Moving on to our next team. We're ripping through these after we saw the clock. We are over. We're ripping in a tear. We're going through these. The number three team, we have the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks coming in at number three. Some people might not like this, but we think that the two teams above them got better and they kind of stayed the same. They didn't really add a lot to their team. The two main ads were probably Grayson Allen, who... You know, not I wouldn't say a needle mover, but he, you know, could add something. Um, they added Rodney Hood and they added Simi Ojale. So uh, you know, some depth guys, but I don't think any of them. I would say maybe one of the three cracked the rotation. Yeah, because, I mean, getting Dante Divincenzo healthy again will be a big thing for them um, if he can be healthy come playoffs. But look, this is a team that's got their big three and they've got their superstar MVP player um, and Giannis. Can they make the same run again? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, but they're we'll they're going to run into the buzzsaw that is a healthy nuts team at some point. Can they beat a healthy Nets team? They're going to go in confident because they beat them last year, whether healthy or not. They saw Kyrie, they saw James Harden, and they saw Durant all in one series, but just not together. Yeah, and it, and weird side note, between the names of Antetokounmpo, DiVincenzo, Ojale, and you want to try to say that? Ma- uh, Sandro Mamakulashevili. I think I nailed that actually. That is some of the, that is a play-by-play announcer's nightmare right there. <laughs> the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks have some of the hardest names to say in the NBA. Yeah, they really do. I'm trying to look. Oh, he's from New York. I thought he might be from Greece. Like they're just recruiting Mama, the Greek national team Mamu to keep Giannis Kezza, happy. Mamu Um, No, but I, I, this team I think is deeper this year. I will say that. They added some injury insurance a yes. little bit. They added some injury insurance. I'm I'm a big uh, Rodney Hood guy, so I love him. I love George Hill being on their bench. I love Grayson Allen being on their bench. Um, Pat Connaughton's still there. Pat Connaughton. I would not be surprised to see Jordan Nuora get more minutes this year. He is a guy that I think is very good and can get some buckets off the bench. Bobby Portis coming back as one of the l- most loved players in Milwaukee and Semi Ojale. So they got some guys. All right. Are we ready? Oh, God. Do I have number two? You do have number two. Ugh, it's the Lakers. Lakers are number two. Got the retirement home team here. Uh, they ha- currently have, to my count, six Hall of Famers on their roster. Probably around six. Between LeBron, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. Uh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Carmelo. Carmelo. And Anthony Davis. And Anthony, yep, they have six Hall of Famers. Is DeAndre Jordan a Hall of Famer? No. Not in my opinion. DPOY and first team all NBA one year. One year though. Yeah, but DPOY and first team all NBA? Does that mean every person that won a DPOY is in the Hall of Fame? I mean, only one person gets the award every year. Well, yeah, but so does rookie of the year. Not every rookie of the year is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, let's not pretend like rookie of the year is the same as defensive player of the year. Most improved players, not every most improved (laughs) player is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so obviously the Lakers have done a lot this year. Um, they pretty much got rid of everybody that was on the team last year and then added a new person this year. It is a weird situation where the Lakers are going for it all this year, but next year they're going to have to start from scratch again. They're basically just going to have to rebuild that team after this year because I guarantee you if they win the championship, two-thirds of their team are retiring. I think that that's just that's the model now. I think that if they want they, – I, I don't think that there's a single guy outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis that's a lock to be on this team next year. Including Russell Westbrook. Probably not, especially if they flop. Yes, which if we're going to talk about pros and cons, 
the pro of West, Russell Westbrook is that LeBron does not have to try every game because Russell Westbrook will give his 110% every single game and you're going to win several games because Westbrook and Anthony Davis were good enough and LeBron can take games off for the first time in his career. He cannot rest. He, he can play while resting. Now, the con to what this team is, come playoffs, where does your shooting come from? LeBron and Anthony Davis have to be great shooters in the playoffs for this team to win because Dwight Howard's not going to shoot. Russell Westbrook is just not going to be a good shooter. They've tried it in many different places. He's not going to shoot over 30%. And your next best player that you're putting out there is like Wayne Ellington. So Oof. that that is where your issues will come with come playoffs. Regular season, they're going to look great. Though. That being said, the number two team in the league, and they're very, very good. Yes. As much as we hate them, they're very, very good. Moving on to yet another team that we hate, the new the Brooklyn Nets. I almost said the New York Nets, but the Brooklyn Nets are the number one team in our power rankings, and it's pretty obvious why. When you have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, it's pretty hard not to be the best team in the NBA. You pair them with guys like Joe Harris. like They got LaMarcus Aldridge back I know. from the dead, basically. Patty Mills, low-key huge signing for them. Mm. Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap round out their bench. They still have, they have guys like James Johnson, Javon Carter, Bruce Brown. Like they did, This team is deep. This team is star heavy. This team is what you want. This team has a lot going on for them. I'm going to jump right to a con because it's easy to say all of the pros that this team has, which is that they're amazing and they have everything. They're good. The big con that this team has is when you run into Joel Embiid, when you run into Giannis, when you run into a, a Jokic, when you run into a team that has a very, very good big, how are you going to defend that? Because the only guy I can see on here that's going to be a real starting center that can defend those guys is Nick Claxton. Third-year skinny center out of Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Nick Claxton showed last year that he could be a great defender. Yes. Absolutely one of the best defenders in the NBA. So is he good enough to one-on-one Joel Embiid? No, but is anyone in the NBA good enough to one-on-one Joel Embiid? I don't know. The Nets aren't trying to stop anybody. It's first to 140, and I'm taking the Nets every time. (laughs) I just think that when your other bigs are LaMarcus, Blake Griffin, and Paul Millsap, like you're like you don't have the size, the strength, or like the athleticism to really go against some of these other great bigs that are out there. Like Vucevic could cook this team. You're right. You're right. But I think in the Nets clubhouse, they're saying you make twos, we'll make threes. I mean, yes, that is that is what they're saying. Dude, they've and, got and, some shooters on this team, and, man. And, and it showed in the last year's playoffs when they played Giannis that when they had two of the three stars, they cooked them. Yes, they had, you know, James Harden, but James Harden was with one leg and couldn't walk. So but when James Harden was healthy or when Kyrie was healthy or when Kevin Durant was, when they had two of their three superstars, they cooked the Nets or they cooked the Bucks. All right. That is our power rankings. We're going to wrap this up real quick here, guys. Just yes. because we are we are about stupid. as heavy as we this have might ever... be the longest broadcast we've ever had. Dear God, we timed I, ourselves. Though. We tried. We really did, fam. But those are our power rankings. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to Redemption uh, for joining us. This podcast, I gave it a seven point nine. Mitch gave it a seven point six. Eight point six. Eight point six. I apologize. Join us next week for yet another fun podcast. We've got a lot more fun content coming out of Team Morale. And uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>